it's time to sit down and relax for the good, the bad, and the sequel Q&A with your host, Doug. Hey there, Doug here. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're staying safe. This week's interview is a good one. I was lucky enough to interview actress Lisa Wilcox. You might know her as the final girl from Nightmare on Elm Street's part four and five, but there's a lot more to Lisa than that. We talked about how she got into acting, how her dad's job took her out to California, and that was like the changing point for her. She almost was going to be in another profession, but things changed and she had that uh, that acting bug. It, it caught her. And then we talked about right in the 80s, she was in a lot of big shows that you know, General Hospital, Mr. Belvedere, MacGyver, and then it all changed in Nightmare on Elm Street 4. And then she talks about all of it, some behind the scenes, and then she took some time off to raise a family, which is, you know, it's tough and it's really great if you look at our imdb which i'll put in the notes uh she's back at it she's working hard and she has a lot of stuff coming out and she's very passionate about you know her acting and uh she's pretty funny so uh without further ado here is lisa wilcox so what i like to do with these just find out you know why people you know how they got to where they are now and how they got started in acting but first where does your story begin where did you grow up (laughs) i grew up in missouri Oh, nice. What part? Yeah. Columbia, St. Louis, and a little town called Washington. That's awesome. So how long were you there? Till I was about 14 years. Is that about the time like you got like the acting bug? Like what got you, what got you interested in becoming an actor? Well, um, I moved to California with my family because my dad was offered a great job in Newport Beach. So we all moved out. Uh, I had no intention of acting. I I was planning to be a doctor. A doctor? (laughs) What kind of doctor? I I well at that time at that young age I didn't know yet but I was yeah. really interested in the heart in the heart okay. <laughs> the heart medicine so yeah so it was not uh, in in my you know in mind for for that for uh, yeah to be an actor although I did have one acting experience in Missouri which is actually kind of funny what if you'd like it? to hear it yeah <laughs> well um so I'm in a uh, freshman in high school and they had auditions for a play and you know the TV show called Mash. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's actually a play, MASH. So so the school is doing this this play, and I auditioned for the role of Ms. Randazzle, which was like two scenes and done on the proscenium. It was like a comedic relief kind of role. And um, I auditioned and got the role. And so the Ms. Randazzle, just think of the name, Ms. Randazzle. So I'm in a pencil skirt, red lipstick, high heels, <laughs> you know, this is my role. And again, comedic. And it was really a scene because they had to change sets behind the curtain for the next big setup or whatever. <laughs> and um, so it's, it's like an opening night and a Saturday and, you know, it's 400 people in the auditorium. And I'm walking out on stage with Stratton in my cute little outfit. And then the other actor is like my boss, whatever. And I'm the secretary. They called it back in the day. And with my steno pad and whatever. So I'm walking on the stage. And you know, do you know what footlights are? Yeah. Yeah. So there are those lights that pop up and pop down. And if they're down, they're locked. And if they're up, they're lighting you well see these footlights were supposed to be locked well i'm walking and this is the area i have to walk 
One of them is not locked. It opens and my foot goes down oh. into the footlight. I'm wearing these stiletto strappy high heels <laughs> and I'm literally center stage. I, it, I, so now in the meantime, I'm like, I've been captured by a footlight. My pen and my, you know, my pencil and steno pad go flying. And then the actor who's sitting at a desk, because at one point in the scene, well, I'm walking over to sit on his desk. You know, this is very old school, old fashioned yeah. when the secretary would sit with her legs crossed and her red lipstick. Right. And so he's joking around and he's like, well, I had a little too much to drink there, Ms. Randazzle. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and there's 400 people watching this. So backstage, they finally realize something's wrong because I am trapped. I cannot, my foot, my heels, all strappy, are dangling off my ankle. Oh, and I can't get, I can't get out. So, and I'm now like on the floor and p- compromised. Oh my God. So um, finally, thank God it was center stage. The guy who played Hawkeye popped his head out and he uh, unravels me from the footlight. I get my shoes high heel back on and proceed to finish the scene <laughs> of real professional so, at a young age when you were, yeah, when you were thinking about being a doctor <laughs> that's hysterical yes i guess you could say so you know i yeah i'm cool under pressure exactly yeah. so um so that was my first experience and then in california um in new high school you know all of that and um start my sophomore year and uh, everyone, you know, it's California. Everyone's involved in entertainment or whatever. So yeah. a friend of mine uh, uh, went and said, hey, I'm going to this audition at Buddy Epson's Theater in Newport Beach. You want to come with me? And I'm like, okay, sure. So I'm just tagging along. And I'm sitting there in the audience watching um, the, these auditions for this play, this playhouse. And, and the producer, her name is Jane Nye. She was kind of known as the Marilyn Monroe in the, very old school, 1930s, 40s, the Bowery Boy uh, shows, black and white. She was like the Marilyn Monroe. That. Anyway, she keeps tapping my shoulder saying, you know, you're auditioning, right? I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I'm just with my friend. Anyway, she kept asking me. So I finally said, okay. And I auditioned and I got the lead role in Lanford Wilson's play, The Hot L Baltimore. And then I proceeded to win awards, and that's when I got the acting bug. I was bitten for life. Just from that. So from that moment, then it was no turning back. Yeah. Throw away the stethoscope, yeah. and you're just focused yeah. on acting. <laughs> that's right. I'm like, yeah, let me try out this brutal acting thing. <laughs> <laughs> and except, you know. <laughs> How was it moving from, like, Missouri to, like, like California, like you said, everybody's an actor. Was it like a big culture shock at first? Um, absolutely. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the weather and the people. But but no, my sister and I, we were actually quite excited. And at this point, awesome. we were living in Washington, D.C., a little town. And, you know, it's like, we're going to California, California, <laughs> boys, California. <laughs> I mean, this is in the late, this is in 1979. Yeah. So we were actually quite excited and we had visited California before, you know, and it's like palm trees and all that. So we, we were excited. We, we, it was, it was an easy transition, honestly. Yeah. So, so from there, so you're saying that's 79, you did that play, you won the awards and then on IMDB wise, the first credit that's on there, it's usually not right. So you can tell me if it's wrong. Uh, it says, <laughs> give me an F. 
Demons Dance Squad yep. member. Yep, that's it. <laughs> um, it was called The Big Cheer, mind you, when I did this movie, The Big Cheer. And I ha- I was at going to UCLA, and I don't even remember how I got involved, but I actually took a quarter off from UCLA to do this movie called The Big Cheer. And I was basically a highlighted, I don't know, extra, but I was part of the demon squad. There were four cheerleading squads. And I'm going to tell you guys, honestly, this movie is classic 1980s TNA. When I do conventions, people come up to my table and go, oh, my God, give me an F. It's awesome. It's just really? so That's fun. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so, and of course, how, what foreshadowing do we have? I'm part of the demons cheerleading squad our squad was we wore red black white bloody high heels red lipstick and we all smoked <laughs> <laughs> i'm looking at the movie poster right now it says are get you it, oh. it says get it at camp beaverview so they were just like all about it <laughs> exactly. right from the name. It's perfect i know so i'm telling you classic 1980s tna i there's i don't do any nudity or anything like that but it is seriously um it's an adorable film so I highly recommend it. That- it's like funny how many of those movies, like all around that time, there was like, I think Porky's is huge before that, but Screwballs, Meatballs, yes. 3, which is like, yeah, there's like so many movies around that time are just that thing and they just got greenlit, all of those. Or somebody had the money just to do it. Yep, and they were successful and popular and that was, you know, it's called the 80s TNA, tits and ass, you know? Yes. So, uh, so I happily am part of that roster and I know I have a fantastic picture, which I've got to dig up, of me and all of us demons. And, oh, my God, we had so much fun. Oh, that's awesome. And, yeah, it was great. So, yes, that was my first theatrical credit. It, before that, I had done – I became sad by doing commercials. And I was actually a Wendy's girl um, in the 80s for a little bit. Uh, it was when they had that theme, uh, Where's the Beef? Yeah. This is going back to the 80s again with Wendy's. Yeah. I did a few of those and I did a dial soap commercial. So that's how, um, and I was doing print modeling and you know, that kind of thing. But yes, my first, my first, um, credit was give me an F. Now here's the funny thing back then it was called the big cheer. So that's what I put on my resume, right? I got called in for auditions because casting directors misread it as the big chill. <laughs> <laughs> It was a huge movie back then. Oh, the yeah. famous read it that I was in the big chill. So thank you, the big <laughs> cheer, because it got me into casting offices I probably wouldn't have gotten into. Oh man. And then from there it looks like you transitioned. You're on like so many hit shows, Hardcastle McCormick. You're on a CBS school break special, Mr. Belvedere. Yeah. So you had a lot yeah. going on. Like there was like three within like two, three years, you're on a lot of uh shows. Were there was there ever a moment? Uh, maybe you felt that on give me an F, but uh, was there a moment you're like, wow, mm-hmm. working with blank or was there anybody that you were like, oh my God, I, I love you. And you had a chance to work with them. Oh, John Stamos, John oh, Stamos. Oh, hello. Who played Blackie on general hospital. Yes. And I, I completed my degree at UCLA with theater arts, uh, you know, bachelor in the arts and all that. But it was, I was, I feel fortunate. I got to do, I did these commercials during college and that helped me pay for my apartment and my education and everything. 
And it was about six weeks after I graduated that I booked a recurring role in General Hospital. And so, I, you know, it was pretty cool to say I, I made a living as an actor, you know, oh, very yeah. early on. But John Stamos and Jack Klugman, it was a show called um, You Again. Uh, and we did a where sh- our episode was called Marry Me a Little. And we have to pretend to be married and we're taking care of a, a stack of flour, which is our baby. <laughs> anyway, John Stamos, totally dreamy and amazing. Oh, Jack Wagner on General Hospital. Oh, that was wow. pretty freaking awesome, too. Yeah. And that was before Jack Wagner did, um, you know, what, what was it, Melrose Place, I think, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it was before that. But he was a huge star in General Hospital. And, you know, there's so many. I mean, I'm a little girl from Missouri, you know? I mean, it was like, it was really awesome. Wow. So in 1988, how were you approached, like, were you with your agent? How did it come about, like, Nightmare on Elm Street 4? Well, and, and, and with a theater arts degree, of course, I did plays at UCLA, and uh, and I got a manager and uh, an agent through my theater work. And so my manager, Michael Wallach, uh, submitted me for, or, or my our agent, you know, submitted me for the role of Alice in Nightmare Four. And uh, I was totally rejected, completely rejected, because. Back then, my headshot is like I did Barbizon modeling school and I really did it for confidence because I was a tomboy my whole life. I didn't wear makeup. I didn't do my hair. Anyway, when we were in California, I did Barbizon. So my headshot is I got the big, you know, all the mascara and the hair and, you know, the whole thing. So I was definitely not exactly what they were looking for <laughs> for the role of Alice. Of course, if they looked at my resume and said, oh, this gal has all this theater training. Oh, this gal is actually a trained actor, right? Anyway, um, nonetheless, uh, it was about a month later, and we get a call from a manager, and he's like, well, they haven't been able to find their Alice. So they're going through their reject pile. Hi, hello. <laughs> and uh, you you have an opportunity to audition. And I'm like, great. So, of course, I went with no – I read – I loved the script of Alice. Alice Johnson is totally me, great oh, yeah. junior high. I was a total daydreamer. I was a bookworm. I, I mean, you know, so, you know, I went wearing my worst color, which is pale yellow and, uh, and, uh, dirty hair and no makeup and went and read for the role of Alice and Tuesday night who played, uh, Kristen has already been cast. And I read the scene that we have at the, um, in front of the school, the, uh, we have matching, uh, luggage scene talking about dark circles and I talked about the dream master rhyme and all that. So read that scene with her and Rennie Harlan was there and whatever. And then I had one call back uh, on a Friday and I was getting married that Sunday planned wedding, (laughs) 150 people. All right. And did my call back and was on my honeymoon and I learned I booked the role of Alice Johnson. Oh, that's so awesome. How was, I, I was going to ask this later, but you just mentioned his name, but how was working with Rennie Harlan? Cause it was like right after this, well, he did a movie called prison, like the year or two before and then he did this mm-hmm. and then he did die hard too. And William Sadler, I got a chance. I was lucky enough to interview him a few months ago and he said, great. Thing oh, to cool. oh, Rennie was awesome. He was great. I mean, he was, he's from Finland. He's poor as shit. And he is doing this film, Nightmare on Elm Street. And uh, and he was just lovely. He was absolutely lovely. Um, couldn't say nicer things. And then we got to see his transformation from 
this, you know, sort of demure, um, uh, what's the word I want to use, um, humble uh, Rennie Harlan from Finland, you know, sleeping on whoever's couch because he had no money <laughs> to becoming Mr. Rockstar, you know, and, and I'll never forget the rap party. And he's wearing this leather studded jacket and all this. I mean, he, he didn't become egotistical in the sense of mean or put down anybody. He was still lovely. But he like he he made it to Hollywood and good for him. Yeah, he's a great guy. Oh, that's so cool. So so I interviewed a guy that played Leatherface in Tex Chainsaw Massacre 3, R.A. Mahalo. Yeah. And when I was talking uh-huh. to him, because that was the first person I talked to that was like in a horror movie. So I'm like, when you're making okay. the movie, obviously you know that, you know, you, every, every, everything's fake. But when you saw the movie for the first time, like Nightmare on Elm Street 4 at the premiere or however you guys did it, what, what, was there anything that made you jump or anything that made you like scared of it? Um, that's an interesting question. I, oh gosh. I mean, I wouldn't say scared. But it was just fascinated, like, you know, Debbie transforming into the cockroach. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. we would see the sets. They had all a bunch of different sets and filming going on at all times, you know. So it was more of a fascination. But I can't say anything ma- literally made me drunk. Well, because I've read the script and I've been on set. Yeah. So there were no surprises, no surprises for me anymore, you know. And I was already a fan of Nightmare on Elm Street, like from day one from the first one you know i've always loved horror films and stuff yeah what an evolution if you think about those movies from what the first one is to the way they went but you know what robert Englum and the cast that uh you know whoever was the casting director i don't know if they had the same one for all the movies but they just had the right people the right roles and man Mm -hmm. robert england is a he's a hilarious guy he plays that character so well yeah, yeah, no, he does. Annette Benson, um, I know she cast, I think she cast, I know, at least Nightmare 1 through 4. Oh, okay. And she may have done all of them. Yeah, Annette Benson. And she's the one who told me the story about, you know, when they I was re- in the reject pile and then I was revived to audition. <laughs> and she's the one who told me, she said over 600 actresses auditioned for the role of Alice, maybe more in Hollywood, and they didn't find her. So she's the one who gave me that information. I was like, oh my God, really? That's so cool. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but yeah, I mean, the, you know, like the cast of Nightmare 4, fortunately, most of us live very close to each other, close by. Oh, and cool. we've been friends, you know, we've been friends for decades now. Like, it's oh. like she cast uh, not only actors that worked really well on screen, but also in real life, <laughs> you know, so. That's really awesome. So how did you like, when you saw the movie for the first time and saw yourself, like, you know, you were, you had some, obviously some big roles, recurring roles, but to see yourself on like the silver screen, what was that like? Oh my gosh. Are you kidding? I mean, it was, I, oh, it was wild and awful. The transformation that I took from, so, you know, so I told you, you know, I, I was on my honeymoon when I learned and they asked me to come back early and uh to do photos just to do photo tests test photos and then they said hey will you dye your hair because i was a platinum natural blonde okay (laughs) and i'm like okay so we did a rinse on my hair hence the red hair (laughs) and uh but to see it was so exciting because i'm like 
uh, yeah, I don't know what to say. Yeah, it was pretty wild. And boy, you, you can't imagine how big your face is on that screen. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> my chicken pox scar shows. Oh, that day I had a pimple. I mean, I was in my mid 20s, but you know, all that stuff just, although it all worked perfectly for the character, you know. Yeah. Um, but it was, uh, it was really cool. Um, but we were, yeah, I'm still very proud of that film. Very proud. So how soon after that one did you know that they were going to make a, a fifth one? Pretty quickly. Um, it was a, a very uh, a box office hit and it was in the papers and, you know, week six, still number one and all this, you know, so it really, uh, Nightmare 3 did really well too. Um, Rodney Eastman and I always bicker about which one made more money. And I'm like, no, Nightmare <laughs> 4 did. No, Nightmare 3. It's, you know, we have fun. Yeah. Um, so it was pretty quickly after, after the, you know, the box office success that they asked if I would, um, you know, reprise the role of Alice Johnson in the next sequel. And you're like trying to hold back and you're like, yes, of course. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And also what a joy to play the role again. And obviously Nightmare 4, Nightmare 5, Dream Child, Dream Master, such different scripts, totally different tone. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, but yeah, no, I was, I was thrilled. Now, after like looking at both of the films, cause you starred in both of them, is there one that you like cling to a little bit more or is, or is it like that they're, they're your children? You can't pick which one over the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It is kind of like Sophie's choice. How yeah. can I really choose which I child? Uh, but I would have to say Nightmare 4 simply because it was the creation of Alice Johnson. And the character arc in that film is just beautifully written. And it was such a joy to play as a performer, as an actress, you know, to go from the shy and meek and, you know, that so many of us can relate to, to making choices and to fight for your life and fight for your friends and fight evil and, you know, just become screw you. I'm going to become kick-ass. Okay. <laughs> you know, even though I'm scared. <laughs> so uh, I love that transformation and nightmare five. I still love too, because I feel nightmare five was just not, uh, it was too, it dealt with so many social issues going on, like alcoholism and, Oh, teen pregnancy. Oh, yeah. abortion. Oh, adoption. Oh, let's let's throw in anorexia and bulimia too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But the thing is, those are all topics that were very, you know, uh, books were being written about. It was becoming exposed, those topics that teenagers were going through in the 80s. And it was very hard, though, I think, for people to look at it in the face. Nowadays, that's like, kool-aid in a way you know yeah. but back then it was pretty heavy and it was hard for people in other words they didn't they want to go to a movie and be entertained they didn't want to think about their their child back home who is are they on birth control are they pregnant or dealing with that you know what i mean so yeah i know that's um, true uh, so nowadays though for many i'm learning over the past couple of years it's shared with me that nightmare five is their favorite Really? It could be it was the first one they ever saw. And that yeah. can always bring infinity to your favorite one is the first one you saw. But also an appreciation for those topics that were discussed and brought out on a giant silver screen, you know? Yeah. Here's a question. So when you read the script, did you get the entire script? Like when you auditioned or was it just like a piece of it? Um, 
you know what? I have to Anna's honestly, I don't remember, but no, I do no full script. I got the full script. So I was, no, I was asking you would because, get the full script. Okay, cool. No, I was gonna say, like, since you're a fan of the movies and you're like, oh, I get an audition for and you're like, where do I die? Or do you go to the end uh, and then <laughs> see if your name's towards the end? Oh no, no. Back then, <laughs> actually, in the old days, you would go to your agent and they'd have a lockbox and you pick up the full script. Because nowadays they're so private about storylines oh, yeah. and this, that, and it's not. It was nothing like that back then, unless it was, you know, yes, the final season of Dynasty. You had to sign, you know, NDAs and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, no, back then I got to read the whole script, like a book. You know, a script is 100, 120 pages, oh, yeah. and you get to really hear and read and understand, and absorb what this character is about. So that was, you know, definitely a pleasure. So anyway, did I answer that question? I think I did. Oh yeah, no, definitely. No, I was just wondering because you you were a fan of the the movies and you're like, oh no, it's Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm most likely going to die, but it's good that you- I didn't even, that's so funny, but I, mm, that thought didn't occur to me. I And I think I wouldn't have cared if I died regardless oh, yeah. just being a Nightmare on Elm Street movie would have been like fantastic. <laughs> oh no, definitely. And, and it was. So then after that, you, you have all, yeah two huge movies. And then one thing that I never saw before, but I definitely want to check out was Bill and Ted's excellent adventure TV series. What channel was that on? It was on Fox 20th century Fox. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Again, love the, the Bill and Ted movies. Yeah. I, I get to play Missy. It was so much fun. We filmed that in Vancouver actually. Yeah. That was, that was a blast too. You know, those movies are so great. I'm so happy to make another one when I was talking to Bill. I Sadler. Know. Yeah, I was talking to Bill Sadler probably about a week before he was going to go film his part as Death. Really? And, uh, oh, man, it was – he was so – I, I don't know how many of his movies you've seen, but you see this guy that's like a serious actor. He plays a great bad guy, sometimes off characters. Man, mm. he talked about that. We would talk about something else, and I'd be like, oh, how about the Green Mile? And then he'd be like, oh, yeah, and then this one time we were on set – with Bill and Ted, he lo- he just loved playing that like comedian role. I bet, I bet. <laughs> oh god, it was. I mean, to play Missy, I worked with Don Lake. Do you know Don, the actor Don Lake? No, um, I'm sure if I looked at him. Yeah, he was in what is that movie about? Um, dogs that are you know do the pageants. Oh you know, yeah, no, he's the best in dog show. Selling. What was the name of that movie? He's Best in Show. Yes, yes. Oh, he's yeah. awesome. Best in Show. Yeah, Don Lake. He's great. <laughs> so, a lot of a lot of fun memories. Oh, I bet. And then you had another, and then you had some roles, Boy Meets World, and then what I read on your IMDb. So around that time, you went and you had some. You're raising being a stay-at-home mom, right? Yeah. But let's see, 91 is when I had my first son. So it was pretty quick after Nightmare 5. And I pretty much kind of left the scene because once they started school, I wanted to, you know. And uh, like Bill and Ted, we filmed that in Vancouver. And my first son, I think he was maybe eight, six months old, (laughs) you know. five months old when we went up there and um but once you know they start school and all that i i really kind of left although i did get to do star trek after oh that's really cool yeah 
So yeah, so that's got, that's harder than going ha- having kids. I have a nine month year old girl, and uh, uh, it's harder <laughs> it's harder than going against Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yeah, you bet. <laughs> you know. Oh, and just wait. He's nine months old. Oh, oh, you just wait, buddy. No, I know. She, she's been like too good. Like when we talk about her to like our pediatrician and other people, they're like, "Yeah, so what time oh. she wake up in the middle of the night?" I'm like, "Oh no, she sleeps through the night. Everything's great." Like, <laughs> well, it's more too when they get older to the teen years. My oh, kids yeah. like pretty freaking awesome, but oh my gosh. Well, it's a brand new having children these days. But good for you though. That's yeah. awesome. That's great. Mother motherhood's amazing. And yeah. Oh no, definitely. Okay, so uh, we got disconnected and Lisa was kind enough to call back. I'm sure you heard a couple of times she had guests at her house and she still, you know, she still took the time to talk to me, which is, uh, it really means a lot. And let's get right back into the conversation. I didn't hit record right away. She's talking about when she was auditioning and she was on a Brady Bunch movie. No, that's okay. It's okay. Um, no, that was absolutely not really phenomenal. I mean, I don't know. Brady Bunch. We all grew up on Brady Bunch. I mean, oh, I grew yeah. up on the reruns, and I mean, and and her. I mean, the whole. I mean, internationally known, and it, it was. And what's great is I got to play both. I got to play Florence, and I also got to play play Carol. And uh, that that was an interesting um, thing because boy, oh boy, I had an audition, and they sent me to Santa Monica to audition, and then it was the wrong place. So they had to reschedule the audition. It was actually in Burbank. And I don't know if you know the geography of Los Angeles, but it's a completely, you know, a, a polar opposite area. Oh, yeah. And and then um, I was literally the last audition on a Friday at 5 o'clock. And audition for Carol Florence Henderson, behind the scenes of Brady Bunch. And I'm driving home, and I get a call from my manager and this is back when cell phones were the size of a brick or a cinder block. And he's like, I don't really sure what you did in there, but you got the role. <laughs> I'm like, really? Oh my gosh. So all I can say is fun cast and just to be part of that history of TV, you know, and to play that it was just great. And to be on those sets. Oh my gosh. It was just amazing. It was amazing. Was it the original set or did they just re- Yeah. Oh, that's pictures, awesome. And stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, no joke. Yeah. No, it, it was like, it, it was fantastic. That's so cool. I would totally geek out. Like, if you're able to, like, walk into, like, one of these famous living rooms you see growing up. Like- yeah. Oh, yeah. I geek out all the time. I mean, I geeked out. I worked with Mark Hamill in a movie called Watcher's Tour, which is based on Dean Koontz's book. Oh, cool. And, I mean, I was geeking out. That first day of filming, I was a nervous wreck. I'm like, oh, my God, it's Luke Skywalker. Oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I've geeked out many times. <laughs> <laughs> so, wh- how do you calm down? Do you, like, get it all out, like, that first day? Or how does... <laughs> Uh, I just completely act and act like everything's completely normal. And then little Lisa inside going, jumping up and down going, Oh my God, Oh my God. You know what I mean? So yeah, <laughs> I put on my mature demeanor. Good. Good. <laughs> no, that'd be so, uh, honestly, that's he, if you think about it, it's like one of that's one of the biggest movies of all time. Everybody knows who he is. 
It's like Shatner uh-huh. or Picard. I can't think yeah. of his name right now. But it's like those guys are just yeah, so yeah. huge. Yeah, I mean Picard. I worked on Nightmares. I worked on Next Generation. I mean, seriously, it's like oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> you know. But then though, no, I'm on set. I'm just professional actress. But, but look, I got to meet childhood like like Mark Hamill, for instance, and others. Uh, um, George Clooney. Like, you know, guys that, you know, I totally had a crush on or yeah. totally was infatuated with or whatever, you know. So there's still that little Missouri girl in there. Oh, no, that's good. No, that's good that you have that because then you're not too big for the moment. You know, you're still the girl that tripped on stage with your high heel and you like remember <laughs> that and you're like still <laughs> enjoying it because I bet you there's a lot of people that go on set and they go through the motions. So. Yeah, that's really cool that yeah. you can admit that. Oh, well, thank you. Got to stay down to earth. Got to keep your feet on the ground, you know? Yes. You know, it was a really cool show, like uh, Fear Clinic. I thought that was really oh. cool because it was like all these horror icons like working together. It was, well, Dane, Kane Hodder, we actually, he was actually in Watchers Tour with Mark Hamill too. Oh, cool. I know, and anyway, and then of course Daniel Harris and Robert, and whatever, and yeah, I, I we are still completely baffled why it did not take off. And we, what we assume is that at the time, I think Chiller produced Fear Clinic, and then Chiller was bought by somebody else, and we were just kind of lost in the floorboard, you know, because it was such a great concept, and and the effects were great, and anyone who's seen it is like, what the hell happened? It was so good. And Robert England's attached to it, and it nothing happened with it. We're we're still completely <laughs> confused. He did a they did a feature film, which I wasn't in, but but Robert was in it, and I still don't get it. You know, and these shorts too. They were each episode was six seven minutes long, and those are very popular right now. These webisodes. So you know, I'm seeing Robert soon in Calgary. So I'm <laughs> I'm going to pick his brain about that. Oh, definitely. Especially that now it's Shutter. Shutter's taken off pretty well, so I can see them do a kind of series, especially with all the, all these, you know, you, Kane, Robert, Daniel yeah. Harris, and I'm sure there's yeah, yeah, it's no that that was really cool. Yeah, I heard some good stories about Kane because that guy Ra, him and Kane became friends because Kane was actually his like stunt double and stunt coordinator on. Uh, nightmare, uh, not nightmare on uh, Leatherface three, Tech Shane Samaska. Oh, really? So they from oh, that yeah, yeah. they became really good friends. Oh, that's awesome! That's yeah. great to hear. Yeah, Kane is great. I just talked to him recently, and I see him at shows too. But you know, he's yeah, he's he's a great guy. I, uh, you know, all I can say is with acting and all that is great. But I just made the most amazing lifelong friends in 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 this world of, you know, Hollywood, you know, but there's actually genuine friendships that do happen in Hollywood. So that's pretty awesome. So, so you have a lot going on right now. I know you were filming something like a few weeks ago. I know, I, I don't know. You might still be filming right now. I just finished and I uh, just back from Hempstead, Texas, about an hour outside of Houston. And we filmed in Galveston as well. And yeah, I, it was, wonderful experience great role it was the most challenging role i've ever done in my lifetime not just because of but not just because of the subject matter but also 
out of a what, 110 page script, I have 70 pages of dialogue and Whoa. monologue. 70 pages. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I had not had that much dialogue and whatnot since I did my very first play. Well, no, my second play, The Hot El Baltimore at Buddy Essence Theater, which, by the way, was directed by Kelly McGillis. No Her way. Mom directed me, directed me in that play. Yeah. Oh, wow. But anyway, it was a great experience in Texas. Um, I love filming there, even if it is September and it's 100 degrees with 90% humidity. Which movie is that, the name of it? Because there's some on your IMDb. Yeah, Mystery Spot. And I haven't even checked my IMDb. Oh, it's not even on there yet, so that's cool. Okay, it's not on there yet. It's called Mystery Spot. And it's a, it's a full-length feature and... We filmed in a beautiful part of Texas out in on a ranch, 11 acre ranch. And we lived and slept and worked in the same 11 acres. And it was great. Oh, that must've been pretty cool. Like a summer camp sort of while you're working. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> not, so, not cheerleader camp. But not just, cheerleader you know. <laughs> camp. Yeah. <laughs> Which was actually filmed at a lake in a camp area. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, th- so thanks so much for taking the time. Just really, I had two questions, but I think I know the answer to the one because I always ask people, Hey, if you weren't acting, if that moment didn't happen, like obviously you started acting a little bit, uh, the play you did in Missouri and then your dad got the job offer. So that changed like where your path might've been. You might be that heart doctor. So I think that oh. probably what you <laughs> might be doing today, if you weren't I acting. I might be the cardiologist. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, Actually, uh, since acting, if I weren't acting, I would be so into doing being a prop master or oh, in production cool. design because I love decorating. So for, to create a set, a time period or anything, oh, my gosh, I'd be so all over and do the shopping and the antique shopping and recreating things. And, well, oh, my God, that's what I would do. I would be behind the scenes doing that. Oh, that's cool. So here's a question. I know we talked about a lot of things you were on and, like, roles you had. So it might be kind of hard to answer this, but was there like a role that you had over the years or a show you were on that you really like loved the role, but maybe it just didn't get to enough of an audience for people to see it. So I think so many movies come out and especially nowadays that everything can obviously go to a theater. Yeah. 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 Well, I loved the role of on watchers with Mark because I love the, actual book called watchers they did four of them mark and i did the fourth one but it was the closest related to the book by dean Koontz. and i was a huge fan of dean Koontz. and in fact when i was filming nightmare on elm street four okay in 88 howard berger who is you know one of the famous makeup artists now and, and you know special effects he's the one who suggested hey read read you know watchers dean Koontz. oh great because i had already had read a few of um, the Coots books and he's going to suggested it and then years later I'm doing the movie <laughs> which oh, is wow. awesome. but I love that role where I actually do play a doctor <laughs> oh there you go uh, so that was really cool but I, on another hand I mean like we said playing Carol Brady for Henderson, I mean how awesome but a role that I just love is the one I played in Walker Texas Ranger oh, it was awesome. a Christmas episode and I play a nun and I had, there's this beautifully written monologue when I'm talking to my brother who is an escaped from prison and he's taken over the church. And we are 
uh, we were separated. Um, I think we're stepkids, but whatever. I'm trying to convince him to make better choices. Ultimately, he dies. It's really sad. Um, but I love playing the. Uh, I love playing the nun. I love playing it. And then now that I'm thinking about it, that recurring theme, the nun, where I kind of play the nun in Nightmare Five. You I do. kind of play Freddie's mom, but not the. You know what I mean, or what? <laughs> but that's that's a very treasured uh, role that I got to play. And Star Trek: Next Generation, Utah, is amazing. Um, that's awesome. Only because they didn't. They had to kill me. Captain Riker had to kill me, and they don't kill often, you know. <laughs> so, as a result, I'm on the Monopoly board. This next generation Monopoly board is a property. I'm known as the assassin. <laughs> oh my God, really? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, uh, it was a very long winded answer to your question. <laughs> oh, no, that's great. No, I love when people, no, trust me, I, li- I like when people talk more than they don't. <laughs> so, no, uh, that's awesome. Uh, how, how was, uh, how is working with Chuck Norris? I've talked to a few people, one guy that's like really good friends with him and then a couple of people that are on it. I never had any scenes with him. Oh, okay. I worked. Yeah. I worked with the, the, the head nun, the main nun and her, Oh, what's her name? This is so embarrassing. Uh, Bane has, what's your last name? Oh, beautiful blonde woman. Uh, she, anyway, I got to work with, but I never actually got any scenes with Chuck. But that was a cool show. That show was on for a long time too. Yes, yeah, yes, it was. It was. Now you can't broadcast this because if I can't, Barbara, 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 Barbara Bain, Barbara Bain. Look her up. She did a whole bunch of stuff. She's wow. married to some famous actor. Anyway, I'll edit that so it sounds like you said it right away. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. Let's see, Barbara. I, I'm trying to look up that episode, but uh. No, well, yeah, I'll make sure this sounds great. Well, this yeah. is awesome. All right, good. It was called, um, I think the episode was called Saving Grace. Yeah, I have it. Yeah, Barbara okay. Bain, you're a, yeah, she was Mother yeah. Superior. There we go, Mother Superior. Look at that. Yeah. Awesome. And fun times. Well, that's so cool. Thanks so much for taking the time. It was really cool. I love hearing how people got to where they were. Obviously, it's so cool to hear about Nightmare on Elm Street and all the other things you worked on, but uh, I always love to hear like the story and how it happened. So there's always <laughs> something like that. It's never, I've never talked to anybody yet that they were like, so I grew up, you know, I was always acting from the tender age of two and everything worked out. <laughs> so it's like, it's cool to hear like, Hey, maybe if your dad ever got that job offer, things would be different, but I'm happy that yeah. everything went the way it was and you were able to do what you did and continue doing what you love. Yep. Well, I, you know, wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, yeah. awesome. Well, enjoy your guests. Thank you so much for stepping away for a few minutes and taking the time to chat Uh-oh, with me. Thank you. Man, wasn't Lisa awesome? She was so funny. It was, a, that was one of my early interviews that I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm starting to do it. I think, I, I think I can do it. And, uh, it was probably her. So Lisa, if you're listening, thank you so much for taking the time. Now, everyone else, here's your homework. It's pretty rad homework. And it's summer. I know there's no homework in summer, but just do your homework, okay? You have to watch Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, The Dream Master. It is a lot of fun. There is some very classic Freddy lines in this movie. And if you like our video reviews that we put in all the links, uh, you got to check this one out because I think I have a pretty rad outfit. 
And we're joined by a guest for this review, which is pretty fun. Her name's Amy Cotto. Uh, she has a great blog. I'm going to make sure next week to put all of her information in the notes so you can check out her book that she wrote and also follow her, her on Twitter. So don't forget to do that. And don't forget to review, rate, share our podcast. Follow us on all social media at Sequels Only. And also, don't forget to check out our website, SequelsOnly.com. Good night.